Bling Blong, everyone. Our new podcast miniseries, Talking Mission Hill, is now exclusively on Patreon. Put on your spicy pants every Friday with a new podcast covering each episode of the cult series from Simpsons legends Bill Oakley and Josh Weinstein. $5 subscribers at patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons can hear every episode, plus all of our previous miniseries about Futurama, King of the Hill, and The Critic. So don't be a Beardsley. Sign up for Talking Mission Hill today. I heartily endorse this event or product. Ahoy hoy everybody and welcome to Talking Simpsons where we stab our problems away. I'm your host, the powerful but insecure Bob Mackey, and this is our chronological exploration of The Simpsons who is here with me today. Why it's Henry Gilbert and why did I register with Instatrace? And who do we have on the line? Hey, everybody, it's Connor Lestoka back again. And I just also don't find Hagar the Horrible funny, so <laughs> I, uh, I can Joe, relate. Joe Biden does, apparently. And, and today's episode is Missionary Impossible. Here he is, folks, the man who saved PBS, Homer Simpson. <laughs> today's episode aired on February 20th, 2000. And as always, Henry will tell us what happened on this mythical day in real world history. <gasps> Oh boy, Bobby, Santana sets records by winning eight Grammys for his album Supernatural. Boo. <laughs> David Letterman returns to television for the first time after his quintuple heart bypass surgery. And Vin Diesel begins his road to conquering the world with the release of Pitch Black in theaters. So, quite, quite a week of uh, news. There. I mean, that's Man, in- David Letterman had not pulled through that. That would have been one of the crappiest weeks in history for entertainment wise. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that Santana album, I mean, uh, everybody loved it, but I feel like it was like mom and dads were rocking out to that. They're like, we're still cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, it was a real yeah. your mom and dad are half drunk on the porch kind of album. <laughs> oh, I remember my dad text uh, IMing me about it on AIM at uh, my freshman year in college. I think that was probably an album where 75% of sales came from Starbucks nationwide. <laughs> It, it was an album that united generations because, you know, the youngsters could hear their favorite pop guys singing over his song, his guitar licks. And then the older folks could be like, you know, I heard him at Woodstock. Like, everybody can just say, I went to Woodstock. I saw Santana there. Yeah, that David Letterman thing, it was a crazy few weeks where, you know, you just hear, oh, he went in for a normal checkup. And they said, you need a quintuple by- heart bypass right now. And That's like every valve is going <laughs> yes. out. And and. And so there were fill-ins every week, every day for weeks uh, on on top of just reruns. And then... Who was he? Johnny Carson? (laughs) Come on, everybody. Uh, I only remember the Robin Williams one. Oh. That's the the only guest host I remember. And also with that, when Letterman came back, of course, his guests were the Foo Fighters uh, because that Learn to Fly song, like, apparently really inspired him during his recovery. Everlong. Oh, sorry. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I think if you showed people a picture of David Letterman now and David Letterman 20 years ago and said which one of these guys just had a quadruple bypass surgery? <laughs> probably not get a lot of right answers. It looks like David Letterman fell asleep under a tree and woke up 50 years later. He's got a real uh, Rip Van Winkle uh, appearance to him now. 
I love that he, you know, contractually couldn't grow a beard for decades. And then he's like, I just getting all my beard growing in in one, one go. And yeah, Pitch Black, that was an interesting movie because it the trailers really didn't talk about Riddick all that much. Like he's, you're supposed to be surprised in the theater. <laughs> like, cause it's a setup of all these like space Marines for an alien movie. And then they get all killed off fast. And then it's just about the dude who can see in the dark that is going to fight the alien monster. It's a movie that's also a chronicle. Is that correct? It's part of the chronicle. It's one, it's one yes, of the many chronicles yeah. of Riddick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I love that that one film, it wasn't even that popular. It was like number four in the box office was the highest it got. And yet once Vin Diesel got more famous, he's like, well, uh, it's time to launch the entire Chronicles of Riddick world. And, and they had the first one and it kind of flopped. He made a video game that was pretty good. And then after Fast and the Furious got huge again, then he could be like, no, we're making another Riddick. This time it'll work. And I, I think it still didn't work the next time they did it. Like they're never, they do fine, but it's like his triple X movies. Nobody, unless it's just the purest cocaine rush of <laughs> Fast and Furious, nobody wants the lesser Vin Diesel franchise. Apparently there is a Riddick. Uh, four coming and uh, uh, Riddick three is news to me, but that's like a uh, direct to DVD thing or something. Oh, okay. I don't know. <laughs> I got maybe it is. I don't know. But there was a movie just called Riddick in 2013. Uh, yes, I do. And that. I actually did go to theaters. I'm sorry, but it deserved to be on direct to DVD. <laughs> My fingers are crossed that Riddick four is Riddick versus X versus seven. Mm, bring him back. Uh, has has the Rift Tracks covered any of the Riddick uh, mythology? No, we did uh, the first Triple X very early on, and then we did, I think it was sort of their return to box office prominence was the uh, Fast 4, Fast and Furious. They, I, that's the last one I saw, but uh, they, that was a fun one to do just because they are remarkably dumb, but that was before The Rock got involved. We should probably take on one of the ones that he is involved in. Oh, yes. Yeah. Those, okay. The secret to those movies and why they're, they're so funny to me is that uh, they all go by wrestling psychology in pro wrestling wrestling <laughs> big time stars don't like to lose to each other because even though it's all fictional they're like well you don't get to beat me i get to beat you and it's just all these arguments about it and the behind the scenes stuff on all the fast movies is like that vin diesel doesn't want to lose to the rock on screen and the rock doesn't either and anytime anytime vin diesel's character loses to anybody like when he loses to jason statham in a car race he has to have like a bit of a speech of like you actually cheated and i would have won and you, you're a <laughs> loser actually like he it's so it's all fictional but they they take it very seriously who loses fictional fights in in fast and furious movies so joining us today is connor from rift tracks welcome back connor you were last with us on um monty can't buy me love and as of this recording in uh, around mid-august you guys just released what could be the worst movie you've ever riffed uh lichen colony although i haven't yeah. watched it yet i want to see if it's as good as or sorry as bad as roller gator roller gator mm -hmm. is the low bar for Rift Tracks movies still for me. Yes, and I uh, I very much agree with that. This sort of uh, Lycan Colony is the worst movie we've ever done. Movement got started behind the scenes here, and I, <laughs> I, I can't say that I, I agree with it. I think that you know you look at Roller Gator, and, and it's hard to imagine anything really having that perfect mix of terrible camera work and annoying music and just the loathsome puffet and the uh, Joe presence of Joe Estevez. And, and Lycan <laughs> Colony is, of course, quite bad, but uh, I just can't. It doesn't have a guitar running out the entire the entire runtime. It has 
multiple settings. You know, it doesn't have it doesn't have Roller Gator doing impressions. That so. is the secret I, sauce. I, the secret sauce of Roller Gator is constant acoustic like warbling in the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, it's just uh, a dude on the uh, steps of the uh, student union playing uh, <laughs> playing the guitar without really having a plan. And I think that's like maybe the thirteenth time I brought up Roller Gator on these podcasts, but <laughs> no, I, I just yeah, am obsessed it with it. To be heard. And then so yeah, the people are all talking about Lichen Colony, and yet the director of Roller Gator has made a movie called Baby Ghost that is <gasps> that is worse than Roller Gator in my opinion, and, and people refuse to uh, entertain entertain me and 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 let us let us do it. It's I mean it's just as bad. It takes place all in an office building. It has Joe Estevez and Baby Ghost. I think just sort of laughs. He doesn't even talk like Roller Gator, so I he's see. even more annoying. We need but, a letter writing campaign. I, exactly to Mike, yeah. Bill, and Kevin uh, convince yeah. them. <laughs> I well now I got to watch this Lichen Colony to see how it it holds up. But the, it's quite uh, fun. Yeah. It's uh there's a full on fursuit that is a uh, one of the evil werewolves. You got thick Boston like Chowda accents oh, on nice. these people, even though they are in, clearly in a mountain town that is not uh, not in Boston. Uh, there's like something that's always funny in a riff tracks is when they try to bite off more than they can chew in terms of uh, introducing heavy plot events, a la uh, global warming in in, uh, <laughs> in Birdemic. So this has a, uh, a surgeon who had to leave his town and move to this town because he performed brain surgery drunk and killed the patient. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> wow. So, I mean, that's, uh, that's uh, handled with all the subtlety and grace you might expect. You know what I like about Joe Estevez though is that he's loyal. That he's like he'll he, he he befriends a filmmaker or another actor and he'll just keep doing it. I mean, I also just love that he's just a full time character in the Tim Heidecker, <laughs> Greg Turkington universe of on cinema. He's just like jo- Joe Estevez will show up for anything they ask him to. Which sure, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you could find a silver lining, if he's a kind person, who knows? But uh, he seems like you a nice guy. Not defend the uh, performance in Roller Gator. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I mean that's that's hardly his only bad performance, but uh, but yes, Connor, you were last year for season ten. I think uh, you were you still regularly watching Simpsons in season eleven. Like this, this is the first one after the death of Maud. This episode, so oh wow, huh. yeah, I did not know that. Yeah, I didn't look into the sort of uh, what what else was in this season, but I I know that freshman year of college, like I said, I would have I was still been watching him, like carving out the time to watch him. I remember that one with uh, Mel Gibson and the shifty eyed dog. <laughs> I think was in this season yep. maybe and. Uh, Tamako, both uh, both of those I thought were pretty good. So we'll get to whether my opinion of this one remains the same. But I, I do remember watching this one, and I sort of remember the the reaction people had after it of sort of quoting some choice lines from it. Henry and I were talking uh, before the recording. This is a real nutty time for The Simpsons. Mm. Uh, nutty and dark for a lot of the fans. Just like a lot of... <laughs> bizarre choices a lot of like middle fingers to the viewers at home like if you expect an ending we'll fuck you yeah. it's just a very weird like this this season in particular just very memorable for me like the spring of 2000 just what is what happened i mean mm-hmm. i think there's a recovery i think 12 was much better uh and i do mm-hmm. think uh, things in this episode are funny but the back half of 11 is just nutty it's all yeah. weird and in in off-putting yeah i think from griff to the magi onward they get so random and also just have have endings that go like shrug whatever <laughs> like that we we got to the end 22 minutes have passed and it's over like that's that happened with this one and i didn't i honestly didn't remember that happening but it was very much the uh i don't know mo type of thing i, I don't know where that fits in the uh, chronology but see that was their first taste of the poison <laughs> and then after uh, that was in season nine and i think two years by now two years later it's just they're so used to it they're like yeah we've, we've done it enough times now people didn't get that mad about uh, let's say 
MMO. So <laughs> in my memory of watching this episode the first time, I didn't hate it, but I was definitely still reeling from the death of Maud and then having like a zany parable kind of episode like this one that also aggressively doesn't have an ending. It did kind of, it made me more bothered at watching the show. I think it's another, <laughs> it's another reason I would fall off not uh, a couple years after this one. It's it's a one-two punch, I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just remember being sort of uh, surprised and, and irritated that, that, that the Jeebus thing caught off with some of the people that I was, you know, friends with in college and stuff like that. And I was like, this is a, uh, I don't know if this warrants being yeah. quoted back at me a lot because Jeebus, uh, that's how, how it went. <laughs> Jeebus does feel like uh, it, it's uh, it's okay. Like I smirked at it, but it, it caught on in a way I was not expecting. It feels like a lesser like Seinfeld catchphrase, like yada yada. Like I never liked that sure. either. I just like, <laughs> you guys could do better than that. I felt like they're trying to inject catchphrases into like the discourse. Yada yada tried yeah. way too yeah. hard. Yeah. Yeah. They, uh, I remember Seinfeld was it towards the end of their run, the, uh, the promos, you know, that would run during the week would be like, and you don't want to miss the next catchphrase everyone's going to be saying around the water <laughs> yes, and, yeah jeebus however though that's it strikes me of more of like a low effort like love day okay with everybody type of thing <laughs> it's just like you didn't really do a lot of work here you just <laughs> i prefer saxophone or trampoline <laughs> sure uh i think you know it spread i think it spread around more in in america is just a fun thing to say you know if you you don't want to offend your christian buddies you say jeebus instead or it's like it's cute it's cute comedy but i mean it's fun to say i like saying jeebus it's just a fun word but it's a fun comedy word i guess it's a little too winky i would now i wouldn't say jeebus like jeebus uh don't you mean jeebus saves Mm -hmm. right bob (laughs) no i wouldn't say yeah there's a uh (laughs) i think that there's a definitely a subset of people who are uh uh, atheists and don't have a very good sense of humor and those uh you know the the author of ready player one for instance strikes me as that type of thing so they like being sort of smug about the atheism but don't have the comedic chops to do it correctly so that's what that uh i think they, they embraced the jeebus quite a bit and, and you are a ready player one expert so i you, pre-ordered uh, ready player two baby i'm, uh, I'm ready uh ready to dig in for the podcast god about that <laughs> uh i i can't i only want to experience it through you and mike reading it like <laughs> well my my hope is that uh like i said about the uh lichen colony biting off more than it can chew i hope it uh you know somehow addresses the the tension that is been around america in the year 2020 i hope they clumsily try to address that or something because that would be oh my God. way beyond his pay grade and yeah. would probably be hilarious uh he's usually so far behind the curve on that stuff i feel like it'll only it'll publish in like 2021 and it'll be all about 2016 I think. right yeah. <laughs> but yeah so this episode two uh the way it starts is again it feels like the end of another episode it's so crazy this is so crazy for act one it makes the other two acts feel even weirder to me i think yeah structurally it just feels very off yeah yeah i thought that too i I was just amazed at how long it took you know lengthy telethon (laughs) the first act is like nine minutes and then the last act is like three minutes yeah it's such a yeah uh and and they even mentioned on the commentary that like we cut some of the pbs stuff because it was all funny but it just was taking up more and more time you know and ron halge is one of their better writers in this time there's also just a real like first draftiness to this i I bet they probably rewrote this one a lot but it's still it feels a little like no you needed to rewrite some of this but i all the pbs stuff made me laugh maybe it's just because of one special guest star who's uh, who always <laughs> makes me laugh and i do mean oscar the grouch no 
Um, <laughs> so uh, the episode begins with Homer watching PBS. Uh, Bart can't believe it either. I do like the PBS logo having Simpson Overbite drawn into it. That's a that's a nice little parody. And uh, I think we're all comedy nerds of a similar age here. So oh yeah, I mean, d- didn't we all grow up discovering BBC comedies through our local public broadcasting? Oh yeah, hundred yeah, percent. I was would be in uh, like hotel rooms with my family, and it would be like, "Are you being served?" And Mr. Bean would be airing, and that was the only place I ever saw those. And so that by therefore, I, I thought they were great because I got them in such small doses. Yeah, I would uh, was a huge fan of Red Dwarf when it was airing in the mid '90s on PBS, and I, I had no idea that PBS, uh, sorry, I had no idea the BBC seasons of TV were like six episodes. Yes. So I'm like, oh my god, 1989, the first season. There must be like hundreds of episodes of the show. I can't wait. And like four weeks into the summer, I've seen it all. <laughs> Yes, yeah. There's. I also Red Dwarf and uh, and Mr. Bean. I watched a ton of plus. Also, like the original Monty Python. Sometimes Monty, uh, eventually Monty Python, like it graduated to Comedy Central and it wasn't on our local PBS station anymore. But also like Faulty Towers, The Young Ones, and Black Adder. Like I watched all of those. And there's. I. It was so weird to watch. Like the joke they have about seven episodes long. When you realize Faulty Towers is 12 episodes and it's just done, you're like, what? 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 There's just no more. I've seen all of Faulty Towers. <laughs> I saw, saw a tweet that went viral this week with something about how BBC shows are either, you know, uh, we had uh, three episodes in the Christmas special or we've been airing every day since 1953. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yes. Like Doctor Who is eight million episodes. That's also the weird experience of watching characters age. You just see these actors. I... I watched Are You Being Served somewhat regularly, and I didn't realize it was like, it's 70 episodes long, which meant it ran a decade. <laughs> and huh. So I, many people died on that right? show. Yeah, I, I checked that. <laughs> Two actors died, and I mean... Look, maybe that comes from casting 70-year-old British men I mean, in your lead roles. Maybe that's it. But yeah, it ran for a decade and all those people died and you just see them age as it goes. It's 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 a weird feeling to watch it that way. I, I also think it's, you know, looking back on it, like the BBC kind of subsidized American programming by just making these shows so that they could rent out to American public broadcasting and fill our time. Also, as a kid, I mean, I liked the naughtiness that occasionally, you know, B- PBS would not censor something like you get to see a bud or some swears or something. Oh, in yeah. There. Late night PBS was something else. <laughs> <laughs> and by seeing a bud, I mean seeing Rowan Atkinson's butt in, <laughs> in a Mr. Bean sketch. But, uh, but yes, Homer himself in this first clip is learning the joys of British comedy. You're watching PBS? Hey, I'm as surprised as you, but I've stumbled upon the most delicious British sitcom. Do shut up. It's about a hard-drinking yet loving family of soccer hooligans. If they're not having a go with a bird, they're having a row with a wanker. Cheeky. Jolly sorting Xmas, Major. Choke on it! <laughs> <laughs> Crikey! You gave me a smash on a noggin last year! Uh, and that Christmas special thing you just mentioned, too, uh, Connor, is so true. Like, this is their Christmas episode. <laughs> wow, yeah, that's a timely tweet I saw. 
It's, I like the uh, I, I I like to imagine this show do shut up facing off uh, after uh, Paul F. Tompkins' fake news show. No, you shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they really uh, zeroed in on just the uh, the lower class sitcom that is too hideous to air in America. Just like <laughs> ugly characters being violent and rude to each other. And also, like <laughs> the the set is drawn to look so ugly too. Like it it makes when you would see things like the young ones, which I think this is like most parodying. Yeah, uh, when you see that you're like boy these sets look like shit but that that's what's cool what's cool about them to me it makes you see like how most u.s sitcoms look too fancy too well done like the crazy house that the full house characters live in for instance and uh, that song played there is no feelings by sex pistols it's one of the lesser known songs from the Mo- never mind the bollocks album all right I'll, look i probably mispronounced bollocks bollocks never mind probably the bollocks. maybe they yeah. wanted a more expensive song and uh and yeah they were on a real soccer hooligan kick at the time too because in a couple episodes in part to the future the prime minister will also wield a lead pipe in similar manner and uh, and also the old lady that comes in and scalds them with tea it really reminds me of the late terry jones's housewife (laughs) oh yeah I think that's where the animators are pulling from here. But yeah. I found it interesting just to have Homer laughing at the guy who so obviously sounds like, you know, Dan Castellaneta doing the uh, hooligan voice. It was a <laughs> sort of a jarring uh, juxtaposition. Oh, this episode is a parade of accents. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get to it. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, also that Homer, this would be the only thing Homer would watch on PBS. Like, so it's a, it's a great pick as well. The Simpsons will be right back. Hi, everybody. Henry Gilbert here. And a big thank you to our guest, Connor Lestoka from Rift Tracks and 372 Pages. I'll never get back the podcast. Always fun to have him on. And you know, if you enjoy this podcast and our other ones like Shut Your Gob and Do Shut Up, you should sign up at patreon.com slash talking simpsons. That supports me and Bob doing this full time as our real ass jobs, but it also gets you a ton of exclusive bonus content that you only get as a Patreon subscriber. That's stuff like every episode of Talking Simpsons a week early and ad free. The same goes for our sister podcast, What a Cartoon, every episode of that a week at a time and ad free. And over a hundred exclusive podcasts you can only hear if you're a $5 and a Patreon subscriber, where me and Bob have covered shows like King of the Hill, The Critic, Mission Hill, and Futurama in the same Talking Simpsons style. And you can only hear those if you're a patron. Why, at the end of this month, you're going to get to hear the second half of our Futurama Season 2 podcast, where we're talking about the last nine episodes of Season 2. You can only hear that brand new every Friday for the rest of this year, starting at the end of October. Only if you're a $5 and up subscriber at patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. And now we'll return to the show. But first, let me tell you guys about the $10 and up premium level of Patreon, where you get all that $5 stuff I just talked about, and then you get 
an exclusive monthly extra podcast, What a Cartoon Movie, where me and Bob, for over four hours sometimes, cover an animated feature film the same way we cover Talking Simpsons and What a Cartoon. The What a Cartoon Movie, for $10 and up subscribers, they get to hear me and Bob talk about this month's What a Cartoon Movie, Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island, and all the previous months where we covered films like The Return of Jafar, Space Jam, The Nightmare Before Christmas, Akira, Kiki's Delivery Service, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, Aladdin, a Goofy movie, and so many more. You need to sign up at the $10 level at patreon.com slash talking simpsons to hear it all. So please consider doing that today. As, as Homer and Bart are enjoying some British-style violence, they're interrupted by a big-time guest. <laughs> Classic. Not hard to see why it's England's longest-running series, and today we're showing all seven episodes. Hey, what the hell's going on? If you like great PBS programs like Do Shut Up and Shut Your Gob, <laughs> you'll want to support our pledge drive. Pledge drive. Ooh. That's right, Betty White. Absolutely. If you watch even one second of PBS and don't contribute, you're a thief. A common thief. <laughs> okay, take it easy, Betty. Sorry, but these thieves make me so damn mad. You know who you are. Thieves! You're mad! Where's my show? And now it's time to go back to Do Shut Up. Finally. But first, oh! with your donation, you'll receive this classic PBS tote bag. Or this umbrella featuring a picture of our classic tote bag. Oh, boy. Yeah. Love that. I guess let's play the jingle now to be as safe as can be. Again, recording this two months ahead of time. Yeah. Who knows what could happen to a 98-year-old woman? <laughs> I ain't dead yet. Betty White, only 80 around that time of this recording. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. We have to do that at Rift Tracks, too, because things come out, you know, a couple years after, uh, weeks after we do them. And it's just like, all right, you know, hold on. Kirk Douglas. Oh, crap. Like you know. <laughs> that. Well, that's a big game. I mean, uh, well, for 20 years, I would have said the same of like, you know, Wilford Brimley jokes. And he only just passed away. R.I.P. Wilford. But yeah, although uh, he was probably like 59 for all we know. <laughs> this is a weird choice because Betty White is not associated with PBS, but I guess they originally wanted Emma Thompson for this, but she was too pregnant to fly. So yeah. Betty White was able to do it. But yeah, like Betty White, 10 years from this uh, episode airing, there'd be like a real Betty White renaissance, like the ironic rapping granny style take on Betty White. Like, let's have her do everything. And I was like, please, she's very old. She's very old. She only <laughs> Before this, it was probably only a couple years after uh, Lake Placid, which I recall her having a, like a foul mouthed cameo in there or something. So that was probably a hint maybe, of things to come. Maybe that was the first like. Mm. Like Betty White swearing stuff that that was really big because I remember the commercials were like it's Betty White saying like get the fuck off my property or whatever yeah. like and yeah. Betty White's a very funny actor so and funny. she's always in on the joke but at a certain point it does feel like elder abuse just like uh, make her dance around and swear she's got a few years left in her uh, after Hot in Cleveland it should have just been the end like just let her oh, rest forgot about please that. yeah and she's but I mean she uh, obviously she loves to perform and also like she I I looked into it. Uh, 
like her her husband passed away in 1981 she never remarried she said like hey what, once you had the best why why go back and also no she had stepchildren but no. D, that is this is what she was talking about <laughs> <laughs> well and also she she has no you know biological children and her uh stepchildren are all grown up like so i don't know maybe she just loves to perform that's just how she is we have to but, treasure every golden girl yeah. that we have left and she's the last one she's the final one you're right man uh, man you really brought me out yeah i i i hope you know she's only 98 years young i hope she makes it to 100 at least and uh she played an old lady 35 years ago <laughs> she's she's so good as rose on golden girls but also you know it her golden girls performance is so good it replaces a lot of people well it got re-ran to our generation much yeah. more than the mary tyler moore show but she is so good as sue ann nivens on that show like she's so good and that's in the 70s 50 years ago they were doing jokes about how isn't it funny that she says dirty things because she was playing you know the happy housewife television character and then when the camera goes off on sue ann niven she goes <laughs> like hey what are you doing here you slut or what? like she's that was the jokes with her 50 years ago so that's how long they've been doing like isn't it crazy to hear her say a dirty thing but uh and that is how the simpsons do kind of use her here but just it's i think she's really funny here and this is better than a lot of her other old lady who swears content i think and i also i think this opening act is like 50 percent better to me just because i love hearing her say anything like every joke is better when she says it and uh, i mean and these pbs tote bag jokes i i treasure every tote bag i have like they're they're much more useful to me than a lot of other uh freebies out i there. i have too many tote bags it's, it's sure. a problem <laughs> i need a tote bag for my tote bags <laughs> i uh, think the one i use the most is a free mickey mouse one i got at disneyland mm. which uh that like when me or the husband are going out to get something like get groceries we just say to each other hey did you get mickey you got mickey like that's that's just our, our cute conversation i have now. one from powell's books in uh portland which i can't go to right now mm. my favorite is a uh grocery store chain from iceland that's called bonus and it's bright yellow and it has a very curious logo of a pig they've chosen who is uh <laughs> appears to be like having a stroke or an <laughs> orgasm or both in between is like eyes are pointed to different directions and one is half closed so i, oh I treasure that one as that's well. a sales pitch <laughs> going to bonus uh, and this is a really great version of how pbs pledge drives work like i've uh my favorite time to watch on the pledge drives growing up was when in my area they would constantly i think this is probably nationally they would constantly play the les mis 10th anniversary concerts mm. and the 10th anniversary concert is like two and a half hours long they made it last six hours <laughs> like it was That's a day's worth of programming <laughs> it was 10 minutes of music for every 20 minutes of pledge drive and and the way that guy the the hanks delivery of like and now we'll get back to this but first like that it's just oh the the frustration of hearing that but first you're like no get back to the, the thing i was watching <laughs> But then again, I would rarely ever pledge to my local PBS. So I, you know, I, I'm as guilty as everybody else. 
and uh and all, i mean pbs and their low funding is uh it gets in the news every now and then the government it's already pretty low that's why they have to do pledge drives because they don't get much from the government that's why sesame street had, had to move to hbo right <laughs> i i think that is partially why yeah well and for decades they the government kept trying to cut it and back then you know mr rogers or big bird could be like hey don't do it i'm on this and then they'd get scared and not do it but now they're both dead, so I huh. mean, who's gonna who's gonna talk them out of it now? They were the original uh, ad block for Patreon on podcasts. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's that's how I learned how to do ad reads on on podcasts is to, <laughs> is from uh, from Big Bird and Mister Rogers. And uh, and yeah, so Homer's being driven crazy by this pledge drive. There's a great shot of like elderly people and hippies who are phone banking, like <laughs> good good pics of uh, characters there. And yeah, so Homer decides he has had enough. You know, I've worked with so many legendary actors over the years who could be counted on to phone it in. Well, now it's your turn to phone it in. Your pledge, that is. Please, please, we're only $10,000 away from returning to our show. Well, why didn't you say so? <laughs> yes, I'd like to pledge $10,000 to get them to shut up. From Anonymous. Done and done. Dad, you don't have $10,000. Uh, how are they going to find me? <laughs> Folks, we just reached our goal of $10,700, and it's all thanks to one generous caller who didn't leave his name. <laughs> but thanks to Instatrace, we've learned it's Homer Simpson of 742 Evergreen Terrace. Ah! Uh, why did I register with Instatrace? I mean, that's a, that's a great joke, but also uh, 20 years later, that's everyone who bought an Echo or uh, an Alexa. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I, I registered for Instatrace by getting a free Alexa, <laughs> which I have unplugged a long time ago now. Oh, you know? think that's going to stop it? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Or you, you registered for Equifax by just sort of existing, and so they have your information, and maybe they'll leak it. Who knows? Hey, yeah. uh, maybe by the time this goes live, I'll get my check for actually negative money because I got greedy. <laughs> uh, you actually owe them the po the amount of the postage for <laughs> them sending that piece of paper. They're going to send me an invoice. <laughs> uh, and I love Betty White's delivery of like, but thanks to Instatrace, like so great. And and it fits in with like they had Omni Touch last season. They just they're having fun coming up with these you know 90s corporation names are really great and and ten thousand seven hundred dollars is a pretty funny uh <laughs> amount that they were working towards <laughs> and uh, and then they send the pledge enforcement van which i love that too <laughs> and there's a weird joke of bart running away like he runs out the window to go on a swing set like that's that was odd it, I, they, I like the payoff to that joke where homer <laughs> thinks he's getting help but bart just got bored and went on the swings <laughs> and didn't want to go out the back door instead just ran out the window uh so homer though his money is called upon and uh he's he's fresh out of excuses mom dad's on pbs mm -hmm. they don't show police chases do they um it's an honor to give ten thousand dollars especially now when the rich mosaic of cable programming has made public television so very very <laughs> unnecessary from now on, one of us always stays home. Agreed. Well said, Homer. And now for the moment of generosity. 
Will cash be okay? Absolutely. Well, then we got a problem. The banks are closed by now. It's 12.15. Maybe your movie star banks are open crazy hours. But we in Springfield are simple folk. We like our cars fast and our banks closed. Okay, fine. We'll go down there. But they're not going to be open. <laughs> and then uh, constant activity at the bank. <laughs> the busiest bank you'd ever seen. Which that just made me... Very odd uh, Springfieldians. I guess maybe they were the phone bank workers when he says our banks are closed. I just sort of paused it and took note of these, you know, people you've never seen again. They're not the classic background characters. Yeah, it's the same PBS hippies. Uh, and Well, now seeing uh, this busy bank, it just makes me nostalgic. I'm just <laughs> like, oh, a busy bank full of people. <laughs> uh, I, uh, also, there's a good little joke, that, like visual gag that just flies by, but Marge is buying like greeting cards by the pound. It's like just shoveling them big, into a way. Big laugh at that. I did like that. That's a great it, joke. It is a, it is a th this era Simpsons thing. Like, what are Marge and Lisa doing? Oh, shopping. Yes. Yep. <laughs> and they have nothing to do with the plot. <laughs> I think in the next episode, there's a gag of them being woken up by a, a fake fire alarm homer sets and like marge grabs the vacuum cleaner is what she's running <laughs> out of the house with like uh uh but yeah well, she's got a whack a uh, whack a uh, businessman with it in the arcade game yeah yeah that's true yeah all right it's more accurate than i thought that <laughs> it's canonical that's how she got the vacuum <laughs> and uh and also yes they've they've learned by now at least like Homer gets into wacky adventures because one of us isn't home to prevent it. So, uh, and and these days, I I mean, public television does still exist, and I think it helps for you know uh, that we don't think when we say like oh, streaming and cable just replaces it. Who needs it? But it's like, well, not everyone can afford those things. It may be people who can only watch things over broadcast really need pbs to see something that isn't just one of the four networks you and know? I, th I think you can just watch anything on pbs through the their website oh well, really? or most things I yeah you don't out. need like a fucking cable login <laughs> uh that's uh that's pretty great i'm i'm sick of having to use a uh a, you know a uncle in law's <laughs> password once all the boomers die there will be nobody using those passwords anymore yeah yeah <laughs> all of that will just end <laughs> god because no no person from that generation is actually using their cable logins for the internet yeah it's only for the children and relatives yeah it's yeah. an amazing you know that's been a, a, a stock joke for years now but it just it hasn't stopped so like what what I, are we you know we it's, it's still relevant it just has been uh, played out in, in, until they flip the switch making it impossible for anyone to use someone else's i feel like one of the rare people who is not sharing a netflix account with eight other households you know yeah honestly. or like a nintendo switch account <laughs> Well, it's like the one form of like, you know, a, a medieval village where like you have the guy who makes shoes and he helps <laughs> the guy who, you know, grows the crops and someone else is the blacksmith. We're all just, you know, we all have one account and we're we're supporting the other people who don't have it. You know what? Me and Bob, we really shouldn't have separate Netflix true. And, uh, accounts. We're throwing away four bucks a month. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, yes, yeah, so Homer takes them to the bank. He tries to bluff his way through it, including like sort of accidentally trying to rob the place. And... Then Homer tries to murder someone. Oh like, yeah, which is pretty extreme for old Homer here. The, I mean, it got a big laugh out of me where uh, Homer uh, tries to stab this guy in the heart over and over with a pen. He just is just standing there, not even flinching. And then Homer, when he realizes it won't work, he stops for a second and then goes for the crotch. I like he's so going to stab extreme. the guy in the dick. It's so <laughs> extreme, man. I again, I'm thinking like uh, you know. 
we have to keep it in context though you know in season five homer was going to bash ed's head in to steal his tickets so. true give his noggin a flogging yeah. <laughs> so it's it's not I like that joke just because the uh the, the specificity of the bank pens that they're worried you might steal at a bank is uh something that we've made jokes about before at rift tracks there was one episode in a show called icebreaker where a guy said that he was uh i think he had to admit to his father-in-law that he was a bank janitor we just commented on the needless specificity of that. And one of the things was like, does he clean the chains that the little pens are attached to? Like, <laughs> uh, and, and so uh, Homer has to admit the truth to Betty White after he, after he fails to kill a man. Oh, I know. Uh, everything is just... I can't do it. I can't kill a man. You don't have the money, do you, Homer? Mm-mm. And you thought you could stab your problems away? Mm-hmm. Silly goose, why didn't you say so? <laughs> Get him, boys. Ah! The hooligan! Oh, she's always there! Ah! Okay, so this is my bombshell to drop here oh. in this podcast. Uh, when I was watching this, what struck me was, at this point in the episode, I'm like, oh... With just, like, a few tweaks, this could be a Family Guy episode. And I'm not saying that because it's bad. I've en- I enjoyed Family Guy in the past. I watched it for six seasons. I laughed at it. But Homer in this episode feels like Peter Griffin in that not only is he, like, watching a lot of TV, but things on TV are coming to life and interacting with him. And I hmm. think the fact that Yo-Yo Ma, Garrison Keillor, Mr. Rogers, Big Bird, Elmo, and Oscar are chasing him might be more insane than underground jockeys. Yeah, I think you are totally right. And that it happens at the start of the episode instead of like the... A a similar moment to this happens at the end of homer being the food critic like he's chased yeah. by a uh, a mob of weirdos as well but, but they're characters within the world these yes. are existing people and fictional characters and it does feel yeah. like oh sorry connor oh just i mean i i know that oscar the grouch doesn't exist i can't prove that there are not underground uh jockey elf leprechaun guys exactly yeah and no. it's funny you mentioned that too because of the uh the joke they have at the sort of how the episode ends in terms of family guy yeah no this yes yeah uh, but you're you're very right bob that this is it's family guy e and also south parky in that it's like they just say the names of the things they don't make up a parody of them yeah they don't have like a fake elmo talk called like elpo or whatever it's just like i'm elmo i say my name out loud there is a bit of comedy through recognition here and it could just Mm -hmm. be a lot of it is all the toad licking because family guy this same year had an episode about toad licking where peter goes undercover as a high school student to stop this like toad licking epidemic oh, yeah. uh, oh, i but forgot they did that yeah. toad licking was in the news in 2000 i guess but i don't think i mean again um they a family guy was competition for them internally family guy was not a hit show at this point family guy was probably airing on tuesday and no one was watching it in the year 2000 so yeah. it's not like they were like oh we want to be like the hit show but it was like fox is like oh, they say this on the commentary family guy is cheaper they t- they have to take our notes they listen to us and you guys are too expensive you're the dinosaurs so mm. i think internally they were like we need to be wackier like this show there was, I remember reading about uh, toad licking in like a, I'm looking it up now, but like a 1989 Dave Barry column. So he was a uh, he was ahead of the curve for for the first time. <laughs> uh, the, I think of this stuff here too of seeing all these specific people chase him 
it's like a level of zaniness you can't catch up to and it's uh, and it's to give you that at like seven minutes in it's too it's too crazy you can't come back when homer is dodging oh lasers yeah. shot by teletubbies and then <laughs> big bird flies through the air i just think like where do you go from here how do you how do you come back to reality yeah i forgot the teletubbies are, are part of the gang of real things that are t- trying to kill homer i also i like on the commentary that they feel bad about the yo-yo ma jokes because oh uh, yeah that was <laughs> whew. <laughs> i i mean they not only is it just like a bad stereotypical accent but it also is not how yo-yo ma speaks no. either like so it's it's even more insulting i, I think th- i think it's a, re- a reference to how uh like in world war ii movies japanese soldiers would go you die joe because they would do that in mystery science theater all the time they would reference like those old hokey lines from more movies so i think you die now is sort of like you die joe i think i yeah <laughs> apologize I, uh, for my half accent there <laughs> yeah, right. but yeah i think you're i think you know for a if you were a boomer that kind of stuff sticks in your mind you watch that or gen x more i'd say you watched all those car uh things growing up and it's more you're referencing those things than like uh than any like you know stereotyping attempt there but but i at least like that they on the commentary even 12 years ago they're like ooh, hmm. wow. oh yeah <laughs> and i spotted garrison keeler in that i forgot if i said that or not oh yes yeah, yeah. you did mention it. yeah he's uh actually now you're reminding me they already did pledge drive dr- jokes they did that in march on the lamb these right. same jokes actually but uh, it was uh better than edward the penitent yes that's true yeah <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they realized you could watch dirty BBC comedies on PBS, just not the fancy uh, masterpiece theater stuff. Uh, so yes, Homer runs away. He's uh, he dodges death from Big Bird, and uh, then he screams for sanctuary in a reference to I, I would guess Hunchback. Yeah, I yeah. suppose. And uh, and Lovejoy gets a lot in this uh, more than I remembered. Sanctuary. did i teach him that word quick you gotta hide me from pbs their bloodthirsty pursuit is made possible by a grant from the chub group (laughs) give us the money elmo knows where you live please help me i'll do anything i'll light a candle i'll help with your next charity scam the word is drive sure sure bob's your uncle let's just get out of here Nothing to see here, people. Just headed down to the dump with these children's letters to God. That's uh, it's uh, taking children's letters to God to the dump is. I I did like that, but I I do feel like jettison children's letters to God at some point in time and a oh yes yes deep space Homer that was part of the cargo. I like them just throwing them in the dump. (laughs) Uh, Boy, you're right, and that they said on the commentary children's letters to God were was pitched by Dave Merkin, and that's the Dave Merkin episode, Mm, the deep space Homer. So uh, a lot of similar jokes here uh, pop. Well, also same. Homer's escape here, kind of similar to how he escapes in E.I.E.I. Doe from the, uh, but he's hiding behind the Christmas tree in that one. That's right. And uh, I do feel like there are funny jokes in this, but I feel like super low-hanging fruit is like, what if Elmo was, what if Mr. Rogers was violent? What if Elmo was violent? Pretty, Mm. pretty zany and out there, huh? It just feels like those, like, I'm going to kill Barney style jokes of the 90s that are just like, come on. Yes. (laughs) 
Yeah, the, the I mean that was like the most uh, the, Felix Biederman. I will just yeah, I'm quoting him with that. He says like the most hardcore thing you could do is saying I'll I'll kill Barney, man. Like I'm a there's a great uh, Wikipedia page that's just called anti Barney humor. <laughs> it uh, it he, that shows you when you're a real hit. If like yeah. decade a decade of content can be about f you Barney. I mean when Charles Barkley hosted SNL, like the first sketch was him like dunking on Barney over and over, which I think was a to him versus Godzilla in those oh, yeah, uh, commercials yeah, yeah but I mean even SNL was doing I'm gonna murder Barney sketches so <laughs> yeah they're better than this uh, and so Homer ends the act with a flight and giving some prayers in this last clip of, of act one we'll send you someplace safe till the heat dies down great but why am I on a plane Homer how would you like to be a missionary in the South Pacific South Pacific I didn't agree to Wait, I'm no missionary. I don't even believe in Jeebus. Let me out. Sorry, no can do. Oh, save me, Jeebus. And I don't think we get another Jeebus in this episode, do we? Did I miss something? No, not okay. no, no, that we did. Yeah, I, I thought that they were probably more prominent than they actually were. But on the commentary, they said they brought Jeebus back for the movie, and I, I just remember that they did. Yeah, yeah, it uh, that was That's one. Unfortunate. Of, <laughs> uh, it was one of the uh, you know the cheap pops in the in the movie theater. I recall hearing him say Jeebus like ah. Though though the hardest laugh in my theater was seeing Bart's penis. I think yeah, the, <laughs> hardest laugh followed by a very uh, uncomfortable uh, silence with some some odd sounds and <laughs> dipping. Uh, um, uh, I, I thought that the uh, the you know homer would you like to be a missionary in the south pacific was a very like the simpsons are going to japan type of moment. it was yeah. like let me just state the premise where we're changing <laughs> premises now uh and what well, you know they say south pacific multiple times that i thought at first this was going to be like more of a parody of the musical south pacific mm. which which is about you know uh, folks going to a, uh, a white people going to a, a island during World War II and uh, they're mixing with the native folk around there. It's uh, It's got some classic songs like, gonna wash that man right out of my hair. Uh, oh, what happened to her? Is this like a, something about Mary's situation? <laughs> I, I may, I I'm talking about com. Oh, I get it. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, the Jeebus thing, I think they, they credit that to Ron Hauge on the commentary to the uh, the episode writer. So though though he also when he talks about pitching this episode, it all this all clicked to me the real randomness of it because he pitched an episode of all of the Simpsons go to be missionaries and that got shot down. And then he says that he reworked the whole script with George Meyer and then pitched what they sold in this episode. And I was like, this does feel like George Meyer. George Meyer has a lot of power and influence yeah. over this season. And Ian Maxstone Graham had the ending on this one. Yeah. It's again, it's all the crazy enemy town. of the yeah. people. One, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love George Meyer, one of the funniest joke writers on the show, but I, feel more and more i'm going like he is one of the funniest joke writers but letting him lead the plotting of shows hurts ends up hurting the consistency of the series i do i think that's uh, a problem as george meyer's influence grew over the seasons yeah there's more it just it's funnier when homer is you know be becoming a heretic and uh, looking for you know, reasons in the scripture to not go to church versus, you know, replacing one letter in Jesus. <laughs> that, in my opinion. I think you're right. 
And uh, so Homer then arrives for the next two acts of the episode in uh, Microasia. Though I guess the the scene really comes back with making you watch Revan Lovejoy like eat pie slowly. I laughed really hard at that. Just I, like how much he's savoring it and how long like they're just staring at him until Marge <laughs> kind of breaks the ice. And and I also like that when Bart says he's dead, isn't he? Like that's he's like I you guys are lying to me about missionary work. My father's dead. <laughs> that's that's a good joke. I like that. But yeah, actually, these all feel like very some of these jokes are a lost on me a little because my family were not church going. So jokes about like incomplete puzzles be having having a box full of them from the church or also like oh the local pastor comes by and he eats all your pie or whatever like that i don't think that was a very common thing though okay (laughs) pastors aren't coming by to say maybe i'm just thinking of like old john wayne movies where the pastor comes by he's like now did i smell some rotisserie (laughs) chicken uh but yes they they also present bart uh them with a ham radio which maybe they got from selma Ooh, classic ham radio gags (laughs) I wonder who was the biggest ham radio fan in the group in the uh, in a writer's room full of nerdy boys who grew up. At least one of them had to be a ham radio owner. The character of Ham is not returned. <laughs> uh, I was that, wondering if that uh, my dad has to be dead joke was cut from the uh, episode that I uh, illegally downloaded. Oh, oh, you maybe you got the uh, you're not watching it on Disney Plus and signed up. Sorry, (laughs) no, no, it sounds like you might maybe got the syndicated version. I don't know, it's possible, Uh, yeah. Uh, and well, did you get the joke of a butterfly burrowing into Homer's brain? (laughs) Oh, yeah, I did, yeah, I got that was in there. (laughs) It's it's in his brain with that penny from uh, the Tokyo episode. Ah, yeah, and with that crayon, the crayon, yeah, yeah. Yeah. no, that was that was an odd one that didn't really have any any payoff, especially since he does go on to. To, uh, abuse psychedelics in the episode uh the i i hate the uh it was all a dream actually fan theories but you've got the there's arguments to be made here from this moment on why everything's crazy yeah uh, so we already recorded uh bar to the future and we were talking in that one how it is like them trotting out a bunch of like f troop humor ironically just because it's the year 2000 and it's just like well weren't these jokes silly let's just do the uh the uh, crazy talk joke and the dances with focus groups or whatever this feels like uh unga bunga witch doctor humor like rocky and bullwinkle go to this remote island and it it really feels like all of those kind of jokes and i mean they were i I mean this is purposely dated all this stuff but in 20 years later it feels like there there's a different there's different baggage to all this stuff now yeah yeah i mean i I don't I think they were engaging with all this in a postmodern way and I don't again I never I I never think the show becomes of these things in like through intentional racism or anything like that but in this in this case yeah Bob I think it is just them going like well yeah remember these old movies of like them going to the uh closed off society and just teaching the natives things like it there were there's countless uh things that engaged in these plot uh media that engaged in these plots there, there was a lot of fun twists on this like uh jokes we'll get to like the test drinking out of the testicle and you think the guy has a crazy language but he's actually got a bone in his throat like i like those jokes like those jokes that are sort of flipping the mm-hmm. the racist tropes on their head on their head or whatever yeah But then they just do some of the jokes later. Yeah. And then the whole point is, you know, that Homer ends up bringing bringing horrible things to them and and ruining their idyllic way of life. So 
at least you know acknowledge that uh, aspect of all the baggage and and i also like that when he meets with craig and amy they do get a good dig in there that like missionaries you know are more they're just as much about destroying culture as they are about like helping people <laughs> like you can you can make the art i think i think there are genuine missionaries who probably go to other places and do it out of you know a christian goodwill to help other people and i also think that there's probably been a number of mis- many missionaries who just bulldoze an entire culture <laughs> with their uh with bible stuff I-, I think at some point during the commentary uh, matt salman is on and he says i believe this episode won an award for the sensitive portrayal of native people <laughs> <laughs> so they know they yeah. know like yeah. 10 years ago they knew so uh, this plot also, ha- again, more zaniness that it only works if the other missionaries abandon him instantly. And they're just like, yep, see you later. Like, Also, you know, we talked about South Park. The Book of Mormon musical is kind of this plot also, mm. like hmm. the the a story of the missionary and wacky scenarios. But the Shadowwater missionary. Yeah. <laughs> uh, though I also love Homer telling him like jet lag. That's it's it's cute, but uh, but yeah, I think the best of all of the antiquated island jokes. Uh, I think you're right, Bob, on which one is the best. Are you enjoying your ox testicle? Oh yes. Very much so. Really? You sure you wouldn't rather have a coconut? (laughs) They're delicious. No, I'm good. (laughs) Mm. Hey, what happened to all the shirtless girls you see in all the geographical magazines? Craig and Amy gave us the gift of shame. All the naked women are on that island. (laughs) Yeah, anything goes over there. (laughs) Bouncy, bouncy. Uh, (laughs) What was that? Oh, we call that... Sorry, fishbone in my throat. We call that earthquake. Great. <laughs> now my testicles got ants on it. <laughs> Thanks, sweetheart. Have a Bible. My name's Homer. What's yours? I am Uviluyuki Tanawanje. I'm going to call you Lisa Jr. <laughs> so, yeah, the uh, thing I noticed was just the... the detail they put into the what is revealed to be an ox testicle it was uh you know it had hairs on it which was yeah. <laughs> when the ants were crawling on it was odd, oddly specific for the simpsons what is homer drinking out of the ox testicle i mean that's a scrotum <laughs> i guess yeah like they can say th- maybe they could get away with saying testicle but not scrotum but like that is not i i mean i i believe anatomically like if it was simply a testicle he was drinking out of it wouldn't be hairy because that's inside of you so i have a feeling he's drinking that testicle out of a scrotum it's one it's i'm gonna say it's half of a scrotum yeah because it's just like where one ball would be we're really thinking about this well how big is an oxus scrotum well i mean google image search will help you with that (laughs) thank you (laughs) too big when i used to go to vegas and go to like the cheap casinos they would sell like a beer like a large probably 40 ounce beer inside a plastic football so i think that the uh the springfield land at universal studios should probably sell the you know pina coladas inside ox testicles that's a you know that they're they're missing out on that money when they reopen in uh, springfield they <laughs> need to start selling the ox testicles <laughs> i i mean once you hear that i i can't not see it as like they got away with homer drinking out of a hairy scrotum on television but again what is he drinking out of that that's <laughs> yeah. for the viewer to decide <laughs> uh 
Well, and also I like that they, when they say ox testicle, the jump you're supposed to make is like, oh, the normal setup of this joke would be drinking ox testicles is normal to the Islanders and Homer's having to disgustingly do it to keep up with customs. But when they go like, really like they're grossed out by they're like why they don't understand why homer chose to drink a bull scrotum or an oxy scrotum when they have a coconut right there and they're great (laughs) uh and also to let you know this is written by writers who grew up looking at uh naked people in national geographic yes like yeah that's i uh, was on the tail end of that generation (laughs) oh i mean yeah you you can still see them every now and then but you were like the you had other options, so you were mm. you were slightly off put by people who were like that was their only uh, thing to get erotic uh, pictures from. I I remember pals of mine at junior high. They found out that like oh our library has a collection of National Geographic going back years and years, and they eventually like cataloged which ones had naked people in them. Now, wow, <laughs> they were burned. <laughs> uh, well, now obviously you know with the grown up eyes that. That kind of fetishization of naked native people in that way is super problematic and bad. Like it, it, uh, but that's just how, that's how a lot of kids got their, young people got their jollies in the pre-internet age. Like it's, it's problematic, but that's, that's where the joke comes from. And uh, now they can see, uh, you know, literally any array of fetish within seconds of logging on to their, uh, you know, <laughs> freshman year zoom orientation <laughs> for oh god yes yeah no i uh amy poehler in her book has this great joke about how she heard from a friend who's uh, like they try to restrict their kids seeing any kind of pornography but their son searched for the word asparagus on google without safe search on and it's just a uh <laughs> a picture of a person putting asparagus into their anus and everywhere you look it's <laughs> porno 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 uh and you know we... I, didn't, I didn't realize i was in amy poehler's book that's flattering <laughs> <laughs> uh the you know we say the ending is cheap but they do set up the earthquake here that's like, true it's, yeah it's not fully out of nowhere <laughs> they, they barely earn it and uh yes the lisa jr character has to be the most lines given to a character that's not lisa by yardley smith uh (laughs) though i though i bet this won't be on like her reel of like favorite voices she's done these days and then when homer finds out that there's no beer or tv well he goes crazy (laughs) craig and amy craig and amy why don't you just marry craig and amy i told you we should have asked them oh how's the tv reception here excellent or t You don't have TV? But what will I watch while I'm sitting on the couch? Couch. No couches either? Oh, man, I need a beer. (laughs) (gasps) Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. It's an all right joke that the the native people think that praying is chanting, oh, God, over and (laughs) over again on the floor. That's funny, but... But that is also a little of no TV and no beer make Homer go crazy from the shinning. That's a little bit of that. I can see that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And now let's talk about psychedelic frogs. Mm. Uh, So I did do a little research on this. You did some frog? (laughs) And by research, I licked all the frogs I could find outside. (laughs) But uh, no, I I found 
Uh, it's funny you mention that 89 Dave Barry piece because I found a 1990 LA Times article that I think was one of the, that shows you the timeline of when people were alerted to like the main, it became mainstream knowledge that you could lick a frog and apparently hallucinate and that the DEA was starting to crack down on some <laughs> frog ownership or, or folks who own frogs to then take, you can just lick a frog and apparently it'll work, but it's more about siphoning those things off of the frog and then putting it somewhere like mm -hmm. the, I, I read a 2014 IO9 article about it and apparently you can uh it's cane toads and other toads in that family of frog uh that their secretions can cause hallucinations like not all the time but also like they're actually the frogs that are are, are toads that are really dangerous to pets like dogs eat those mm. and it can like mess them up or kill them and uh that's also why they tell in the io9 article they're like do it at your own risk because yes you will hallucinate you also probably vomit constantly uh lose a lot of like your muscle your <laughs> muscles will be too relaxed to move and you'll probably have a heart attack it's, there, there are easier ways to hallucinate yeah just by just by regular dmt just do uh, however joe rogan says to do that just do it like I've probably seen more frogs this summer out like in the uh, woods and hiking and backpacking than I have in my entire uh, life. And the idea of just picking one up and licking one is, you know, no matter how good it would be, seems like a, a hard thing to wrap my head around. <laughs> I, I can't believe they got away with showing Homer take hallucinogenics on television, too. Especially in front of a child. Well, yes. Yeah. Doesn't even really have much of a payoff, right? He's sort of just doing it like, but it doesn't, his eyes get bigger, but you don't, you know, you never get a cool, uh, you know, trippy sequence like when Lisa does the gas or anything I, I guess yeah. he briefly sees the frog talk but i want i want more <laughs> it yeah. seems to be like a very low-grade hallucinogen well that's why you just have to take that everything after the frog looking starts Ooh. is is uh that is the hallucination so that's my that's in my top 10 fan theories of homer uh, article i'm surprised there's not one about oh homer dies in this episode and everything after that is a death dream he has before he hits the lava <laughs> god <laughs> Uh, but uh, but this is my favorite line of the episode, though, is Homer Homer talking about his toads with the family. Homer, are you all right? I guess so, but that first month was pretty rough. You've only been gone two days. Really? Without TV, it's hard to know when one day begins and the other ends. I miss you, Dad. Mom won't let me read Hagar the Horrible. I just don't think it's funny. <laughs> mm, I can see the house is falling apart without me. So here's the new order. Bart? You're the man of the house. Mm. Lisa, I'm promoting you to boy. Mm. Maggie's now the brainy girl. Toaster can fill in for Maggie. And Marge, you're a consultant. <laughs> Dad? Yes, boy? I just want to tell you how proud I am that you're showing an interest in your fellow man. Really? You're proud of me? Oh, yes. The whole town thinks you're a real humanitarian. Ned Flanders is green with envy. Oh, really? Well, if you'll excuse me, I got some civilization to spread like butter on the English muffin that is these people with all their little nooks and crannies. Dad, are you licking toads? I'm not not licking toads. <laughs> yes, we said it up front, but uh, Hagar the Horrible isn't funny. And uh, it was just revealed that Joe Biden has a framed Hagar strip on uh, on his desk. Yes. And uh, he's so old that he was in his 30s when Hagar started. Oh, wow. That's wow. how old he is. <laughs> 
Yeah, I thought that was hilarious, and I retweeted it, and then I read the story behind it, which you know involves familial tragedy, and so oh, I was like, no. well, I'm, I'm unretweeting that. <laughs> well, yeah, the it's uh, I mean it, the the Hagar thing is Hagar saying to God like Why me? And then God says Why not back? Which yeah, it's uh, Hagar is getting too preachy. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, which it's, God is Hagar praying to? Like, exactly. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, I guess Thor or one of the Teton Odin. Gods, yeah. Odin. Yeah, I guess Odin. Yeah, or maybe. Mm, yeah, yeah, I guess so. But the, the, I mean, yeah, I think the, the Biden, Biden liking Hagar. I mean, that also puts him in like your old dad category. Just like ah, this Hagar, he's funny. What's and he getting then, up to today? <laughs> uh, I mean, as a kid, I I'd read. Hagar was uh, lower tier for me in my. Of course, I would read every comic on the comic page every day if I could. And uh, but I'd put Hagar above like Snuffy Smith or uh, Mary Worth. Like huh. it, it at least had like a funny drawing of a fat guy in his in his duck. Yeah, and Lucky Eddie, he was a he was funny looking too. Oh yeah, he's fun. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those comics that will never end because it's a family business now. Just like the son <laughs> has been doing it for thirty years. Uh, it's oh yeah, it's connected to the Beetle Bailey is or no, I I'm getting I confused with the uh, the other more. I think of like High and Lois yes. and uh, Beetle Bailey and the other ones. Yeah, but the Hagar like I don't know. He also it made me laugh more than like Wizard of Id or BC. Like you know, I I'd, I'd put it above that just because there there'd at least be I guess what entertained me the most as a kid with Hagar was the promise of violence like he'll he'll be more violent than the BC characters what with the you know implied pillaging of having a, a Viking as your main character uh, but yeah, I, I just love the part. I wondered for a second that the joke always makes me pause because it's like, wait, is there something profane about ha about Hagar the Horrible that Marge <laughs> won't let a kid read it? But it's just she's like, I just don't think it's funny. Not, not, it. not to go on too far about this, but I was like, OK, Hagar the Horrible. It was a comic drawn by an old man. There's got to be like a million comics about him golfing. And there are uh, even wow. for Hagar, even for Hagar. Yeah, Come like on. BC, they were golfing. High and Lois was golfing. Beetle Bailey was golfing. Snoopy was golfing like all these old men they were either drawing a comic oh, or golfing god i'm pretty <laughs> sure bill waterson addresses that in one of the books being like i loathe golfing strips and like the ones where calvin dad you know rides his bike are like the closest i've come to like letting my indulge my own hobbies in the strip god <laughs> like even wizard of id has golf strips every every <laughs> card every comic strip had golf strips oh man this uh, <laughs> despite this... how little it, it like actually would work in the world of the comic we got to do a what a cartoon now about that one that one-off special that was just a bunch of different comic strips getting a cartoon we should do well of course we, we still haven't even done garfield and friends yet though we're pretty low on our our uh, comic strip co podcast content uh, but Homer, Homer saying, I'm not, not licking toads. Like, I just love the delivery of like, I'm not, not like his, the, there's a boyishness to it that I like. The, and uh, also Marge saying, hello, is there anybody in there? <laughs> that is a reference to the Pink Floyd song, Comfortably Numb oh, from the wall. You know what? It sounded specific, but I wasn't sure if it was a reference. Thank you. They uh, they certainly couldn't afford to put that song in the episode, but having I mean just the animation of the frog talking is with Marge's voice like that's funny. That's very funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it would have been a good song to soundtrack the uh, aforementioned missing hallucination sequence. <laughs> uh, you know, now I need to rewatch this episode and try to sync it up with the wall and see if that song comes up during this moment. <laughs> I also love Homer's wacky town speech of like promoting everybody, especially how sexist it is. And Lisa gets mad at being promoted to boy, boy. as good. And Marge's consultant. Uh, 
But that's a whole other episode of Bart becomes the man of the house that they they barely touch on. And we get like three scenes. I want to yeah. see more of Bart at work. <laughs> that's the episode. I would cut all of this. the 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 island stuff is not as funny as Bart working at the power plant. Like the these need to be swapped in positions of A and B story. <laughs> I would say. And another moment that also gave me pause in first viewing as a kid. What and by that I mean teen is hearing that Ned is like green with envy uh, it, because it's the episode right after Maud died. So I was just thinking mm. like, shouldn't Maud still? Uh, shouldn't Ned be in mourning still? Like he shouldn't be green with envy. But also, if we're gonna say that, uh, let's see like ten seconds of Ned being angry or like jealous or something. Yeah. 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 Let's say this episode, this whole month uh, away for Homer, happened during the six months of Ned mourning that the time cut that happens in alone again natural diddly uh and uh, so yes uh, homer then it's time for him to start teaching the bible uh he reads from psalms he reads a real psalm i looked it up it's uh 6821 in the book of psalms and uh according to biblehub.com oh, good site <laughs> the uh the <laughs> translation homer is reading is from the new american standard version which uses shatter instead of like crush or break or some other version of that i looked up what follows the quote it's more about how like your dogs will drink the blood too Man. everyone's getting some of that blood it's, wow, <laughs> nice. it's, uh, <laughs> it's quite an intense psalm to find that's uh that's a good one that uh, you can find one of the scary old testamenty sounding ones those are those are always uh funny to bring up uh but then but homer is stuck on a real q a sesh about god here now let's open it up to some q a <laughs> yes lisa jr Amy said there are lots of religions. Which is the right one? Well, not the Unitarians. If that's the one true faith, I'll eat my hat. Um, if the Lord is all-powerful, why does he care whether we worship him or not? <laughs> Ak just saying. Well, Ak, it's because God is powerful, but also insecure, like Barbra Streisand before James Brolin. Oh, he's been a rock. Oh, who am I kidding? The truth is, I'm no missionary. I work in a nuclear power plant. Ooh, tell us all you know about nuclear power. Look, the point <laughs> is, I want to help, but you don't need a well or a chapel or an immunization center. What you need is <laughs> a little razzle-dazzle. <gasps> talk, talk. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? I am Ack. Hey, that's great. Now, let's get to work. <laughs> Uh, Homer's very condescending. Hey, that's great. Is is kind of funny. To <laughs> yeah. Like just these other cultures, and he's like, I won't learn your names. No, no. I didn't uh, really get the Barbara Streisand joke in two thousand, and I'm just not sure I still understand it now. Uh, I take it as the joke is that Homer has a hardcore gay man's obsession with Barbara <laughs> Streisand's life and that he can chart her career and know like well and as we all know Bab she got a little too intense and full of herself but also very uh you know lacking in self-confidence and then she married James Brolin and that that sold her out so I guess it's mainly just a joke about Homer having that kind of obsessive fandom of Barbara Streisand that you would not expect from a man a, a, a straight man in his late 30s in 1999 that's all that's right all so I now guess. do uh, do the unitarians one after that they just hate unitarians uh, slammed unitarians before for some reason <laughs> they're not religious enough it's, they're too welcoming yeah, it's back-to-back -back unitarian jokes because the previous episode is when bart is playing 
Billy Graham's Bible Blaster. Thank you. Yes, and and when he wings someone, it turns them into a Unitarian. Which huh. and yeah, because Grandpa at some point in time, there's like you know, there everyone's gasping, and he says, "What is it, a Unitarian?" And <laughs> no, that's right. Yeah, I forgot <laughs> about that. Yeah, it's like the most I've ever heard of them outside of like you know, in high school when they were like, "Someone's going to come in from every religion and talk to you about them." You know, these could have been Scientology jokes, and then they were talked out of them by like legal representation huh. or uh, a cast member of the show perhaps yes <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah we covered all that with you before connor yeah that's our, right our movementarian episode yep. uh-huh. uh but uh yeah the the james brolin thing i mean i didn't now people just know him as like the father of thanos that's who james all brolin right. is he's hmm. uh, josh brolin's dad uh, he played uh peewee in the movie didn't he the movie version of peewee's adventure oh yes yeah in uh, at the end of peewee's big adventure yeah that's i right. still think of josh brolin as the elder goonie oh yeah he he is the oldest Goonie as well. Yeah. The well, then you know what? Also, Bob, we since we're recording this out of order and we <laughs> did Bar to the Future already, it again struck me of like they do this episode and then two, three episodes later they're like, how about more tribal gaming jokes? How about more That's, gambling jokes? You're totally right. I, I didn't even connect the two. Huh. It's it's so weird to have, and especially the Homer. Well, Homer though doesn't reference Native American tribes who gamble though, and he says he, where he got his inspiration. So it's just, but it's just weird to have two in a row. Maybe that's why we don't see Homer gamble all that much in Bart to the Future. It's because they already spent their gambling <laughs> Homer jokes in this episode. He's more of a Bob Stupak figure in this episode. <laughs> had to look that guy up me too speaking of ones i did not get (laughs) that one totally lost on me i wonder you know did they know about bob stupak because sam simon is so into poker and and playing Uh, the late sam simon was a huge poker addict Hmm. and he knew all the poker champions like his i mean his uh then wife uh you know i bet they were broken up by 2000 jennifer tilly she is a hardcore poker player that's why you don't see jennifer tilly in movies really anymore she's just into professional poker that just feel i mean it's further down the line but it feels like an anti-joke and that homer shouldn't know this information and the audience definitely won't know who bob stupak is so he just says that and you're like what <laughs> i yeah i believe it's just a, supposed to make you go huh uh but right before that is a pretty good joke about realistic Flintstones comedy. Yes, again, yeah. more more bird violence. Uh, well, we've got yeah. a jingle for that. Everybody hates birds, right? That poor pelican. But yes, uh, the Flintstones fun doesn't really play out in real life. Yes, yeah, I love it. And also that Homer's wearing like a turtle shell hat. This is the first time I noticed it. It's like, oh, you killed a turtle for that hard hat. When, when he gets his new costume, it is very Flintstones-y in this episode. I forget right. if he has it yet. He just is Fred Flintstone. Yeah. Actually, honestly, this is Fred Flintstone gets stuck on an island episode of the Flintstones. That's just what it is. With not much different in it. Uh, but yeah, that Homer's going like, well, eh, it's a living and so on. <laughs> and then the, the pelican is, it was killed long ago by having a beak full of cement. Uh, and then we cut to Bart going to work. Uh, again, him interacting with Lenny and Carl would have been, uh, seeing more of that would have been so funny. And then they also do like an opposite Burns joke about like, only when Homer is not there is it the first time Burns ever remembers who Homer <laughs> is. That is true. It's, uh, it's great. But yes, here's here's Burns chewing out parts. Well, time to get to work. Hmm. Simpson! Ah! I've just reviewed your tenure performance record, and it's appalling. But I'm not Homer Simpson. I think I know who Homer Simpson is. In <laughs> ten short years, you've caused 17 meltdowns. 
One is too many. Yeah, but... <laughs> you sold weapons-grade plutonium to the Iraqis with no markup. But... And worst of all, you took the Hamburglar's birthday off last Monday and Wednesday. Which is it? <sighs> now my voice is giving out, so I'm just going to poke you for the next hour or so. You know, you and inspectors never found the weapons-grade plutonium that Homer <laughs> sold to the Iraqis. <laughs> what uh, happened? I I also love the delivery of, like, 17 meltdowns. One is too many. Like, <laughs> uh, that it's just tearing apart the reality of the entire show. Just like when Homer caused his first meltdown, he should have lost his job. I'm still waiting for the all those characters from McDonald Land to come back. Like, you know, the, the ironic appreciation is there, McDonald's. Like, give us... Give us Mayor McCheese and Officer Big Mac and the Fry Guys. The uh, Hamburglar, even they try. I feel like the last time they tried with that was Sexy Hamburglar from like five yeah, years pass. ago. Yeah, I mean when we were a mascot. <laughs> when we were kids, uh, it was like a decade after the things that they were riffing on had been popular. So like I didn't know until I was an adult. Like oh, they were just ripping off Sid and Marty Croft. Yeah, I and think, those things were existing long into the '90s. I believe they even just hired Sid and Marty Croft like employees. To they did. There was a huge yeah. lawsuit, and McDonald's. Oh, yeah. uh, I believe they lost. That's right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, even the Grimace, you don't see him too much. Like the, I think the McDonald's Playland characters, they went too far when they humanized food. It's like, no, no, no. These need to be yeah. the people who like food. Once you have McNuggets that talk, <laughs> when, when, when we were doing a short today that there it has like these uh, claymation teeth and uh, they really reminded me of those, like how the McNuggets would be like, you know, dressed up as vampires and mummies and stuff. But I just, it's hard to convey that in the line, uh, span of like a one line joke. Yeah. When we were kids, uh, like uh, officer, I'm uh, sorry, Mayor McCheese was gone. Like Big Mac was being phased out and like, like um, Captain C uh, Crook, the the fish, the filet fish man. Oh man, I never saw he, him. He he died close. in the 70s. He overdosed. Uh, well, I mean, even the the early bird barely got lines. Oh uh, yeah, Birdie. Our, Birdie, yeah. The it, how dare you not refer to her by her name? <laughs> uh, I think it was pretty much just the grimace. Gr well, the Fry Kids. They honestly it was the kids who took over. It was the Fry Kids. The Nuggets. And the nuggets yeah. yeah. That's uh, was the. Do you believe in magic? Hamburgers at all? I'm more of a food folks and fun guy myself. Mm. Gonna play that at my wedding. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, but that, that was the other song. I I looked up the Hamburglar's birthday. There is none on the McDonald's wiki, so they've never officially said when he was born. His first commercials were '71, mm. but uh, which Hamburglar? He was still showing up in our things. Was, we we got to know him, but the. Uh, but yeah, now I think the last time Grimace mattered was when he was uh, stood next to some some guy who'd <laughs> become president in some commercial. Uh, I wonder, there's a great picture uh, of a uh, former uh, Toronto mayor Rob Ford uh, shaking hands with the hamburger. It's uh, it's delightful. Oh, <laughs> oh, peace peace in our time. <laughs> <laughs> so after uh, the fun little scene with Burns and Bart, we head back to the island. Uh, Homer says a month's passed, but then again, he's having trouble keeping track of time, like all of us right now, honestly. <laughs> uh, and uh, and so Homer chats up uh, why he set this all up, and we get another East St. Louis reference in the show. Uh, the a, a favorite punching bag of Matt Selman. <laughs> Apparently, Biloxi did have a gambling renaissance, and East St. Louis had a like some sort of riverboat thing. Or yeah, that's how both of them get away with it because they're just like it. Actually, uh, similar to how Grant 
grandpa says you could live in a balloon uh, in some states. You can just have, if you're on the old Mississippi hmm. River, you can say, like, well, it's the river. Those la- those laws are for the land about gambling. <laughs> and somehow you get away with it. I mean, you get away with it because by doing gambling, it makes the uh, towns much more money than not doing gambling. And they're like, a, you know, they're like a, a camper that has been parked up on blocks in someone's yard for for four years like those are boats in the sense that they are you know technically on the water but they are latched to that dock and not moving anywhere <laughs> it's not like cruising up and down the mississippi disneyland's mark twain riverboat is more of a boat than those ones are. yes yeah 100 <laughs> uh you know actually i think homer mispronounces here i've i've been to biloxi that's what uh that's how we said it but mm. I, I don't know i didn't live there but i have visited there and let me tell you uh biloxi is boring i don't like it i and i am somebody who likes gambling more than the average guy. well there goes my vacation <laughs> so i mean uh, the the draw of biloxi is that if you live in the neighboring states of mississippi florida georgia alabama arkansas the uh, those ones it's your closest ability to gamble like other than tribal gaming and so it gets a lot of people there uh but what I didn't like about it and what actually was a draw for my gambling loving father <laughs> is that Biloxi has no class to it. It's just like, no, this is just gambling. It's just gambling. There's no fun shows. There's not even like really great food. It's just gambling and it cuts straight to it. Like, so uh, I know a lot of people who, who are attracted to the gambling in Biloxi for that reason. I need the glitz and glamour and razzle dazzle of of, of Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> oh man, I mean, my favorite drinking in Vegas is the giant baby sippy cup of uh-huh. of a frozen daiquiri. Those those hey, are mine. What's stopping? You can go right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're right. <laughs> They're living free there, not like uh, not like I'm tr- controlled by the Berkeley government. <laughs> It's going to be uh, transformed into the uh, Walking Dudes Village of the Stand by the time this comes out in November. So. <laughs> uh, and uh, Homer's Island Blank jokes like Island, Island Texas Hold'em. That's it's a cute, but, uh, but like they they have a, a good point on the commentary. Like the 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 natives built the casino. Why is Homer unveiling it to them? Oh yeah, <laughs> that's a good it's like they yeah. built it. They should know what it is, unless he just built the sign himself <laughs> and a, the gaming tables. That's a very good point. Or as maybe as they were all building them, he's like, "I'll tell you later. Let's finish it all first. I'll tell you what you made." And it's not even that shoddily made by Homer building things standards either. Uh, and you know, roulette is my uh, f- preferred game now. You know, if I if I play a game, I thought I, it was Ghostbusters uh, slots. Okay, <laughs> below Ghostbusters <laughs> slots, uh, games that uh, involve other humans roulette is my favorite of those games and uh, for similar reasons homer likes it it's fun to watch spinning colors so this this casino is called the lucky savage the bar to the future casino is called caesar's powwow <laughs> that's probably wow. why they had to think of something other than lucky savage because they just did it like three episodes earlier also i did not know what dristin was until looking it up that they, they make the beer out of dristin and holy water which is nose spray and uh, as we learned from the film wedding crashers na- drinking nose spray is actually very dangerous to you oh. more dangerous than looking frogs i think i didn't know see that movie because i am approved of the sanctity of marriage and <laughs> they should not be crashing anything <laughs> 
Also, I had to give a big oof when they like out loud said Ooga Booga. Yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. Was like, I mean, I, I think it was the intention. Because it was offensive to Captain Caveman. Is that why you were? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I believe he was more of an Unga Bunga style man. Or else, maybe I'm thinking of Chuck Rock, the no, video game character. I think you're right. He's Unga, Unga Bunga, I believe, is the. There's a fine line between uh, savage speak and caveman speak. It's, uh, mm-hmm. but, but you'll know it when, like pornography, you know it when you see it. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and yes, in case you don't know who Bob Stupak is, he's a poker champion and casino owner, passed away in 2009. Uh, and that's how and Marge just kind of just lets his comparison to Bob Stupak go away. Uh, and then as Homer is celebrating his second day, he sees that he has destroyed paradise with his sin, which this whole bit here, the last act of this episode, it's, I think it's like too preachy. It doesn't really do a big spin on it. It really is just about like, yeah, Homer destroys paradise with his modern sinful ways and he's trying to make up for it. Like there's not an extra joke on top of that, you know? Yeah, they just play it pretty mm-hmm. straight. Even the, uh, I mean, it's it's funny how that guy has his face in a bowl of macaroni salad and just eats it by moving his head around. Like <laughs> that's that's a fun and gross thing. It did make me think, oh yeah, no more buffets either. Never again. Yeah. Nope, that's, no, they're all done. <laughs> Uh, I mean, what am I supposed to eat with my family at? Buffets, or as I call them, virus troughs. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Also, another like a weird moment here when Homer is reflecting on how destroyed everything is, is when Lisa Jr. says to like, uh, says, this hasn't been this bad since the A-bomb tests. There's not a joke to that. It's that Homer goes like, <gasps> like it's just, and then there's emotional music under it. It's it's a weird, I think it's kind of a mistake when in an episode this zany to try to play an emotional moment there. Yeah, don't give us stakes at this point. It's too late. <laughs> it's been too wacky. Elmo. He didn't know the name of Jesus. We're in a uh, alternate cartoon dimension here. <laughs> <laughs> Elmo crashed through a window already, so I can't, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, Homer, Homer reflects on his mistakes in this next clip. <laughs> I gave you a glittering Vegas, and you turned it into a skanky Atlantic City. Your alcohol and inexpensive buffets have corrupted us. I don't even like macaroni salad, but look at me! (laughs) Please help us. Our island has not been this damaged since the A-bomb tests. (laughs) Like, I feel like that not this damage since the a-bomb test is kind of just it's supposed to be taken as a joke but then that music tells you a different feeling for that i mean it's a joke about bikini atoll and the other places where like the french we we talked all about how like it was only a few years before this episode aired that the french finally stopped doing their a-bomb tests on south pacific islands but uh yeah it's just i don't know it's weird it's just a weird thing to make us care when i really would have preferred like let's see how let's see bart working with lenny and carl how about that huh yeah especially because we have talked about they just run the uh episode into a ditch and leave it smoldering there like <laughs> it's uh it's not <laughs> there is no actual emotional payoff yeah you know what to go for emotion two minutes before they come to a plot cul-de-sac is kind of strange uh but then we get one quick scene Finally, with Bart, uh, which I it left me feeling weird. Huh. Guess who I saw at the supermarket today? Can it wait? I just got off work. I'm sorry, honey. I just thought you don't you do enough yakking at the beauty parlor. That's it, Bart. <laughs> You're taking this man of the house thing too far. <laughs> You're right. I'm sorry. Tell you what, Saturday night we'll go out for steaks, just you and me. Hmm. A night out is a night out. 
it doesn't get too like Oedipal for me, but I yeah. think it's cute that like Marge is so neglected that she's like, okay, it's weird that my son is posing as my husband, but I never get to go out. So uh, <laughs> steak sounds great. Uh, it's uh, but yeah, Glad this wasn't the uh, the the moment where that everyone laughed at at the Simpsons movie in your theater, Henry. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, I mean, it is uncomfortably Oedipal in its moment of like, but also like, not only does Homer, not only does Bart become like the dad but he also becomes like a shitty 60s dad who uh, is like quit nagging me woman but uh, but marge has never had more of a like i let me tell you about what i saw today kind of said at, gro- at the grocery store <laughs> right yeah. yeah it's like it's you get a window into her life uh it's uh, i also love her posing like she kind of has her arms like outstretched to the side of like her presenting it it's such it's a drawing that made me laugh she's been waiting all day to tell bart about this <laughs> uh and and yeah that's that's the end of that story i i guess bart continues working at the power plant forever because homer burns to death in lava <laughs> so <laughs> It would have been great if there was a resolution in that Bart is actually a better uh, father and worker than Homer oh, yeah. in his absence. Uh, you know, here's some more Henry making up continuity for it. In the previous episode, that's where Bart calls Homer on like, do you even go to work anymore? Oh, yeah. Maybe that's why in this episode, Bart's like, I'm not going to let you stop going to work. I'm going to go to work in your place <laughs> for a change, Dad. It then comes to like a weird scene of Homer having guilt and telling them like I ruined your island and either grab a stone or go to hell as he builds the chapel. Uh, though I did laugh at uh, the the two Islander guys. They're basically Lenny and Carl at that moment. <laughs> yeah. Like maybe you should shut up when he, when he says to help them. And they're voiced by Hank Azaria and Harry Shearer. Yeah, just I like guess Lenny they just are Lenny yeah. and Carl. Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, and so, after some hard work, the new church is opened. Well, I may not know much about God, but I have to say we built a pretty nice cage for him. <laughs> These are from the children. Thanks to you, all of us finally have a place to pray. And I'm in a gambling program for real this time. How many times must we go to church to avoid hell? Every Sunday for the rest of our lives. <laughs> no, really. <laughs> Not bad, Lisa Jr., but God's palace is way up on the moon. <laughs> so if you want him to hear us, we've got to crank up the volume. Can you hear me, Lord? Homer's doing your work. I'm the greatest missionary of all time. Uh, and so Homer gets uh, starts tripping balls in front of a child. Yep. Yeah. He, <laughs> he carried. I like that he carried it all that toad all the way up to the bell tower with him to then lick it. I would have liked to see him cut to God's uh, fortress on the moon. That would have been a cool bit of animation too. Uh, that's uh, not unlike Santa Claus's uh, fortress. <laughs> yeah, in this exactly, yeah. He lives there with annual gift man. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, also Homer's ears should be bleeding from this. But and Lisa Jr.'s. But I, I do love the profanity of calling church a cage for God. Yeah, I do yeah. Like that. That's a pretty funny mm-hmm. guy. Pretty nice cage. Uh, and. And also the the implication of like, oh, it's every Sunday until you're dead. It's like, that is kind of a lot, you know? (laughs) That's a lot. (laughs) But so the joke that I, or I guess the plot they're doing here is that Homer's hubris then kills everybody. Like that's, but 
again, I think I read this ending just to not call it bad writing is like, no, Homer hallucinates all of this. He, he licked that toad and then started ringing the bell. It was a hallucination from toad one. Yeah. <laughs> toad one. <laughs> uh, I mean, his eyes go wide even like I, I love hallucination eyed Homer as well, but yes, he rings the bell so hard. It causes an earthquake. Seemingly everyone is dead on the Island. The church steeple burns down and it's, going towards the lava and i definitely as a kid had the the thought of like what is happening like (laughs) it all happened so fast in my first viewing i was like where could this be going and boy was i surprised in this final clip we have here oh no this looks like the end Oh, that Homer, always getting into trouble. And if you're one of the millions who enjoys his adventures, or should I say misadventures, it's time to show your support. Sure, Fox makes a fortune from advertising, but it's still not enough. Not nearly enough! So if you don't want to see crude, lowbrow programming disappear from the airwaves, please call now. Hello, Murdoch here. Ten thousand dollars? You've saved my network. Wouldn't be the first time. And of <laughs> course, when she refers to crude lowbrow programming, she turns off Family Guy. Yeah, that's their, or the logo of Family Guy. <laughs> that's their first real knock at Family Guy. They're just like they they call it crude lowbrow programming. They don't put it on the level when they have pictures of characters to represent Fox. They very specifically don't draw any Family Guy character in there. They, that, that is a clear choice being made. According to somebody on the commentary, uh, the King of the Hill people were very mad that Hank was in this episode. Oh, it sounds like permission was not asked then, I guess. <laughs> he was I, next to the uh, Super from the PJs. I, that was a blast from the past. They're good stubs. Yeah, yeah. Bender's there. Uh, Scully and Mulder are there. Um, Luke Perry. Sideshow Luke Perry, yeah, I should uh, say. So This is the final year of 90210. It would go off the air in 2000. I couldn't, I'm glad yeah. you told me that because I thought even even it being on in 2000 i was like boy that's an ancient luke perry reference like no he was still on television on that wow. show and uh, there are other screw you endings that i think are worse I, what i like about this is i was not that invested in the missionary plot to begin sure. with i wasn't like oh no homer what's gonna happen <laughs> i do like the meta commentary about like yeah this network would not exist without fuck without the simpsons mm. and i do i do enjoy that bit of it it's, it's more creative than let's say mo or whatever they did something with it i i still would like a, a story i can buy into at least a little bit but uh the, out of all the screw endings this is a little more creative i yeah, like- they just spent so much time with that pbs thing in the beginning that bringing betty white back felt like less of a cheat based on how much time you'd spent with her at the beginning that's true yeah I, and and i do like them kind of just bragging of like here's bart to just brag like yeah this network would not exist without the simpsons like i i i mean you know, in a world where there's no Simpsons and there's no Bartmania, 1990 and 91, does the Fo- does Fox Network get another big hit that may- puts them on the map? Like maybe, but I I doubt they would have kept growing to the point that by the mid 90s they could have you know baseball and football like a real network could have back then and so they definitely owe Bart a lot, and <laughs> I, I like that they can even just pull out their old. I think. Um, 
really the only design they needed to make a new one for was Thurgood Stubbs from the PJs. Everybody else, I mean, Bender just works perfectly. You don't yeah. got to redraw him. And they'd already had Saichu, Luke Perry, and Mulder and Scully on and the Hank. show. And Hank as well, yeah. 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 And Rupert Murdoch. So easy, easy reuse of characters there. I did, I mean, seeing Bender... I was really excited about in that moment. Uh, well, he'll be back yeah. on the show in about a decade or so. Yeah, they hold back on Bender ever saying words on the show, but the, he at least gets to appear there. Uh, and and yeah, that Family Guy doesn't get to be on that level is a very intentional thing. It'll be two years, I believe. No, uh, it's the 14 Halloween, I believe it is, where they do the family guy joke that he's a clone of homer mm -hmm. i believe a, a uh, crappy clone of homer so which again adding to the complexities of the relationship of simpsons to family guy seth MacFarlane really helped the writers of simpsons you know unionize their workplace like he joined in on the wga discussions with a brand new show in 99 so i this is the one i i knock family guy and i don't think it's as good as the simpsons but now i do try to temper it with hey seth mcfarland did do a cool thing there he's not just like a weird guy who's a billionaire that makes people listen to him sing show tunes <laughs> but it's, it's uh, not just that. he should be in prison for the simpsons guy yes sure sure many people should be in prison <laughs> uh, currently for that just, just i could never bring myself to oh just, <laughs> you know it's worse too short it's actually worse than you think it is wow uh, yeah yeah it's uh at least two years uh two years and then a suspended sentence and maybe you know probation and if you do another <laughs> another uh sexual assault joke with bart in it you you have to go back to jail that's <laughs> all right <laughs> uh but anyway yeah it's a real this ending is a real f you to plot and it's a wacky episode that starts wacky and then is just a long bit of islander jokes that have aged poorly <laughs> there's still so but uh as i say every time about random episodes in season 11 which are most of them there's at least some good jokes in there here and there that uh, that i i still laugh at yeah i felt like uh it's it's better than i remember but it wasn't that very dark period of spring of 2000 where i was online very online then reading the message boards reading the news groups and people were just vicious about every episode because mm. of all the weird stuff they were pulling and this is like a particularly uh polarizing era of the show and i can see why like this fake out ending did not make people feel better after the death of mod <laughs> like yeah. are you just gonna keep messing with us every Every week now but yeah. uh yeah like the island stuff has not aged as well but i do think some some classic bits came out of this and uh i appreciate it more it was a rough start to 2000 for simpsons fans yes I think. yeah i was impressed i mean i i remembered a lot of stuff about it and i, I couldn't remember whether i'd ever revisited it so you know i maybe just made an impact in that in that time whether it was you know good bad or sometimes just a lot of it in between for it so i liked it better than the last one i was on for the uh, loch ness monster willie's trip to scotland one you know that also had a pull <laughs> pull out of your ass ending that involves gambling as well that's true yeah <laughs> true. <laughs> oh my yeah, god because you know it goes back to gambling uh but thank you so much for being on the show connor please tell us all about uh riff tracks and your podcast of course and where to yeah. find you and support you please, online uh, please check out riff tracks we're gonna have oh man some good stuff coming up we're working on a sequel to a movie we did last year at the moment it'll be out by then and we have uh of course some halloween and christmas movies coming up this year we're going to be doing uh, uh, on 372 pages, we'll never get back. A uh, podcast I do with Mike Nelson of uh, Rift Tracks and Mystery Science Theater. We're reading the book. Uh, it's called uh, Midnight Sun, and it is Twilight as retold from 
Edward's perspective mm, well, right now. And wow. uh, we, we, you would not believe this, but it's not really that different told from his perspective. <laughs> they still do a lot of the same stuff. Uh, and then, of course, by the time this comes out, you're probably only, as I referenced earlier, a couple uh, couple of weeks away from Ready Player Two, which is the book that it got everything started on that podcast. So we're going to read that together and see just how bad uh, that, that follow-up can possibly be. Mm. I'm, I'm really interested to see if he maybe works in some of the uh, Ready Player One haters into his uh, into his uh, narrative this time around. So you're, I'm hoping we make an appearance in there. You're going to be shocked to find out that you're like, there. there's a lowly prison guard who's evil named Connor in the book. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Crow-T robot. The, uh, yeah. Cro- Crow-T <laughs> robot is being crucified. Shawshank Redemption <laughs> fate will b- befall him or something. <laughs> Uh, But thank you so much again, Connor. Absolutely. My pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me on again. So thanks again to Connor for being on the show. Please check out Riff Tracks and the podcast, 372 Pages, We'll Never Get Back, both great things you should listen to and watch. As for us, if you want to support our stuff and get every episode one week ahead of time and ad-free, please go to patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. Sign up there. We'll get that and also everything we've been doing behind the $5 paywall for the past three-plus years. That is over 100 bonus podcasts which includes all of our limited miniseries, the most recent one, which I think at this point will be happening. It will be uh, yeah. Talking Futurama Season 2, Part 2. The remainder of Talking Futurama Season 2 is happening between uh, now and the end of the year, and it's only for $5 patrons. If you sign up, you'll also get the rest of Talking Futurama and all the other miniseries we've done before that, along with interviews and so many other things. Too many things to list here, and if you sign up for 10 bucks a month, you'll get all the $5 stuff and also one mega-long podcast once a month that is just for patrons of that level or higher. And what is that, Henry? Why, Bob, you are talking about our What a Cartoon Movie podcast. Our sister podcast is What a Cartoon, where we cover a different animated series each week. And the expansion of that is our What a Cartoon Movie podcast, where we cover a different animated feature film once a month, only for our $10 and up patrons at patreon.com slash talking Simpsons on that podcast. Often for over four hours, we talk about movies like recent ones, The Return of Jafar, the Disney direct-to-video classic, Ghost in the Shell, the 1995 film, Space Jam, and so many more. You need to check them all out. You get a back catalog of over 100 hours of more exclusive podcasts on top of all that $5 stuff you just heard Bob talk about. If you sign up at 10 bucks a month or upgrade your pledge to 10 bucks a month as a subscriber at Patreon, dot com slash talking simpsons so i've been one of your hosts bob mackey you can find me on twitter as bob servo and my other podcast by the way is retronauts that's a classic gaming podcast about old video games you can find that wherever you find podcasts or go to patreon.com slash retronauts and sign up there for two exclusive episodes every month Henry, how about you? Why, you can follow me on Twitter at H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G. All the Henry Gilbert updates are there, and you should be following me already. Come on, H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G. It's so easy to remember. Also, if you're following me on Twitter, you really should be following the official Twitter account of this podcast, at Talk Simpsons Pod at talk simpsons pod not only has fun stories and tweets that we do every now and then but it's also the best way to stay up to date for when new podcasts go live either on the free feed or on the patreon or when we have cool polls going on to be like hey help us pick the new miniseries we tweet about it there and you'll stay up to date so please follow on twitter at talk simpsons pod thanks so much for listening folks we will see you next time for pig Molian, and we will see you then
Time to get to work. Humanitarian Homer Simpson, over and out. Uh, I'm... 